Welcome to Valley Creek. We are so glad that you're here. Come on, whatever campus you're at, Denton, Flower Mound, Louisville, the venue, watching online somewhere in the world, let's just welcome each other together quick this morning. Come on, it is good to be one church that meets at multiple campuses. We are so glad that you're here. And whatever is going on in your life today, we believe hope is here because Jesus is here. And we're going to jump right in. We're in a series called The Ascent, and we're talking about going to new places with God. And we kicked it off last week, and we said over these next few weeks, let's go on a journey together of going to a new place with God. And so wherever you are and whatever's going on in your life, whether you're young or whether you're old, whether you've been walking with God for years or maybe you're not really sure about this whole Jesus thing yet, can I tell you, this is not as good as it gets. The best is yet to come. There is more for you and it's time to go to a new place with God in Jesus' name. You see, you are made for the ascending life. You are made to go from glory to glory to victory to victory. You are made for new heights and new altitudes and new breakthroughs. But like any climb, it doesn't just happen. It's a series of next steps that get you from where you are to where you want to be. And I realize some of you walk in here today and you're like, I don't really know that I want to go to a new place in my relationship with God. Well, here's what I would say to you. If you go to a new place with God, you will go to a new place with every other area in your life. A new place with God will take you to a new place in business, in school, in your family, in your relationships, in your destiny, in your calling. A new place with God changes everything about your life. And so our theme verse for this series is simply Psalm 25 that says, show me your ways, O Lord, and teach me your paths. We need God's ways and we need, God, we need God's paths if we're going to ascend, if we're going to go to a new place with him. And so we said it's time to take some new ground, to move forward in our life. And what we're really playing on in this series is all throughout the Bible, mountains represent a prophetic picture of people going to a new place in their relationship with God. And what's interesting about the whole thing is the ascent. It's not that it's even really hard. It's not all that hard to ascend, but it takes faith, commitment, and intentionality. <laughs> the three things we like the least. Because <laughs> we want to do things by sight. We give up really easily, and we are more reactive than we are intentional. And everybody said... Thank you for at least being honest with me this morning, right? That's all. It's not that it's hard. It just takes some things that we're not used to giving. And the only thing worse than not climbing is getting to the top of a mountain that doesn't even really matter anyways. And so we started this whole thing last week and we just said that at the beginning of the ascending journey, it's just you got to start discovering Jesus. That the foundation of an ascending life is, is paved with grace. That this is not about what you have to do. This is about what Jesus has done. You don't have to achieve or perform. We're simply invited to receive and discover. You don't have to make your way up to God because God has come down to be with you. And we said last week that the question is not, have you discovered Jesus like in the past? It's, are you discovering Jesus today? 
that the more you discover Jesus, the more you realize how much more of them there, that there, more of him that there is to discover. And the more I discover Jesus, the more I desire Jesus, the more I desire Jesus, the more I have the faith to move forward. And as I begin discovering Jesus, I start moving to the next altitude, which is simply finding friendship with God and his people. If you're going to ascend in life, you'll go from discovering Jesus to starting to find friendship with God and with his people. Like, can you go back and remember when you were in school? Our students, you're right there in this season right now. But, but do you remember being in school? Like, everything was about finding your friends. You didn't really care who your teacher was or what your class schedule was or what team you were on or what the activities were. It was all about finding your friends. And when you found your friends, everything was okay from that point forward. Do you remember that? And it's like in the seasons you had good friends, man, you moved forward in life. The seasons you had bad friends, you found yourself going to some places you shouldn't have gone. And in the seasons when you had no friends, you kind of found yourself stuck. The same is true in our walk with God. When you have the right friends, you'll ascend to new places with him. When you have the wrong friends, you'll spend your life climbing the wrong mountains. And when you have no friends, you kind of find yourself stuck. This is why Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. In other words, whoever you hang out with, you will not only become who they are, you will go where they're going. So do you want to become who they are and go where they're going is a question you have to ask yourself. Or think about mountain climbers for a second. In our year of pioneering and ascending, I've been fascinated with mountain climbers this year. And, and when you study mountain climbers, what you discover is no one climbs alone. No one climbs a mountain alone. It's too difficult. It's too dangerous. It's too discouraging. They climb mountains together and really serious mountain climbers are very serious about who they climb with. They won't just clip into the line with anybody. No, no. They want to make sure that we are agreed on what the summit is and where we're going and what mountain we're climbing. Because once I clip in with you, I'm saying, I trust you. I'm with you. And I've kind of put my life into your hands. So I want to make sure we've agreed on where it is that we're headed. You with me on that? So here's the question to just start today. Who are you climbing with in your life right now? Are you clipped in with people that are helping you ascend to go to new places with God? Maybe have you clipped in with people that are helping you climb the mountains of this world? Or maybe right now it's just you've got no one and that's why you feel stuck. In fact, maybe a better question is just to ask it to you like this. Are you finding friendship with God and his people or with the world and its people? Maybe it's time for something new if we want to go to a new place with God. You see, I love this. In Mark chapter 3, Jesus, as he's beginning to call the disciples to him for the first time, it says, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted. The beginning of an ascending life. And they came to him. He appointed 12, designating them apostles that they might be with him. I want you to catch this. Jesus goes up on a mountainside and he calls the disciples to him by grace. They start to discover Jesus and as they come up, he invites them into relationship. It doesn't say he called them that they might do things for him, that they might be religious. It says, no, no, that they might be with him him. 
Before God ever wanted the disciples to do anything, he wanted them to just be with them. He invites them up the mountain to be in relationship and to have friendship with him. If you think about it, Jesus invited the disciples to a three-year journey of friendship. They walked together, they talked together, they hung out together, they laughed together, they cried together, they played together. He never gave up on them, he never left them. And what Jesus shows us is that God's heart has always been to be friends with us. In fact, if you go all the way back to creation, when God made Adam, it says God walked with Adam in the cool of the day, friendship. And then Abraham was called the friend of God. And then Moses spoke to God face to face the way a man would speak to his friend. And then God invited the Israelites to friendship, to be a a holy nation and a chosen people. And then David was a friend with God and the disciples were friends with Jesus. And it shows us all throughout the scriptures that the point of our relationship with God is not doing things for him, it's doing things with him. That life is not about what you have to do. Life is not about doing things for God. It's about doing things with God. You don't have to do things for God because God has already done everything for you. Now he invites us to do things with him so we can discover all he has already done. Religion has messed this up royally. Because we think this whole thing is about doing things for God. And God says, no, the whole thing is about you just being with me. In fact, in John 15, I love this. Here's what Jesus says at the end of his life to the disciples. He says, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I have made known to you. Okay, pause. Can you just catch the gravity of that for a second? Can we just pretend it's like not a Sunday morning and there's not a million things going on in our lives? Can we just stop for a second and catch the gravity that Jesus says, I no longer call you a servant. I call you my friend. The God of the universe. The God who created, sustains, and redeems all things. The God of power and authority. The God of grace and truth. The God who raises the dead and heals the sick and calms the storm. Yet that God says he wants to be friends with you. Billions of people on the face of the earth. And he picked and chose you by name. To be your friend. When was the last time you thought of God as your friend? See, you got to catch the juxtaposition. If you think of a servant, a servant doesn't know the master's heart. A servant knows the master's hands. And they do things out of duty and obligation. They have a lot of fear. They do the bare minimum. And there is a big distance between a servant and a master. But a friend, a friend knows the master's heart. A friend does things because they want to, because they get to, because they they have this deep love and affection and there is this intimacy, intimacy and this closeness between those friends. And I know it's hard to sit here on a Sunday morning and think, wait, like there's no way God wants to be friends with, like I can't even get, how is that even possible? Because of Jesus. Catch these verses. For Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. The cross and resurrection of Jesus brought you to God, removed any and every barrier that was ever there. The next one. 
For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Not only has God forgiven all your sins because of Jesus, he now says the ones that you can't seem to forget are the ones he says he can't seem to remember. So there is no more distance between you and him. How about 2 Corinthians that says, all this from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. He has completely brought us back together and has reconciled everything that was off, broken, or torn one more. It's says, so if while we were still enemies, while we hated God and were against him, God fully reconciled us to himself through the death of his son, Jesus, then something greater than friendship is now ours. Friendship is not the destination. It's the starting place. When we receive the grace of Jesus, friendship with God is now the new norm. And what I want you to think is that if Jesus was a friend of sinners, how much more is he a friend of beloved sons and daughters? Come on. If he was your friend when you wanted to be an enemy with him, how much more is he your friend now that you're a part of the family of God? You see, what I'm trying to tell you is that you can be as close to God as you want to be. The only barriers that exist between you and God are the ones that you allow. Everything else has been removed in Jesus' name. Like, like if you think about this, you can be as close to God as anyone who has ever lived. Anyone that you look at their life and you are inspired by their faith journey and their relationship with God, that is completely available to you. Why? Because Jesus has removed all the barriers. In fact, most of the people we look at and want to be like are usually the heroes of the, of the Old Testament. Well, guess what? They didn't even have the Holy Spirit then. How much more can we now be friends with God? You can ascend as high as you want to go in Jesus' name. This is why Hebrews 4 tells us, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. That's friendship. We can go right into relationship with God because of the grace of Jesus. It's grace that gives us the faith to find friendship with God. This is why, go to the mountain please. This is why this matters. When you receive the grace of Jesus, it removes all barriers that allows you to ascend to this place where he is not a distant God, where you're doing things for him. No, he's your friend and you're doing things with him. The great privilege of your life is stewarding friendship with God. Now, just think about friendship for a second. Think about the friends that you've had in your life, like the best of friends that you've ever had. And I bet you if you just kind of think about it, it's going to sum up into these three things. All the friends that you've ever had, it's really these three things. You spend time together, you talk together, and you serve each other. Would you agree with that? Like if you think through your life, people you would say were really good friends to you. You, you spent time together, like you liked hanging out. You liked being together and going places and doing things. You talked you shared your heart and asked questions and listened and processed and talked about your dreams and your pain and your hopes and your desires and, and everything. You could sit and talk for hours and then you served each other. And it wasn't hard to do things for one another because you loved each other. So it didn't feel like an obligation or a duty. It just felt like we're friends and I, I love doing this for you. So then here's my question. Would you say that this defines your relationship with God? If this is friendship and God's inviting you to friendship, does this then define your relationship with God? Like, do you spend time together? 
Because guess what? Whether you realize it or not, he's always spending time with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. That means you can't get rid of him even if you want. (laughs) Talk together. Do you talk to God and listen to his voice? Because he's the good shepherd who is always speaking to his sheep. And then do you serve? Because he never stops serving you. See, maybe it's time to change the way we think about what this whole relationship with God is all about. He wants to be your friend and he's made the way. In fact, in John 15, 14, I love this. Jesus says, you are my friends if you do what I command. Now, based on how you want to read that and put your tone and inflection in that, that would probably sound like a lot of friendships we've had in, my, in our lives. Like, you're my friend if you do what I want. That's how it's easy to read that verse. You're my friend if you do what I want. And we've all had lots of friendships in our lives like that. As long as we were doing what they want, everything was good. The moment it didn't happen, friendship. Yes? Okay. But that's not what Jesus is saying. If you take it in context and what Jesus is really saying, what he's saying is when you start to realize that we are friends, it will be really easy to obey my commands. When you start to figure out that I have become friends with you, it'll be really easy to do what matters to me. Because I don't know about you, it's not hard for me to do things for my friends that they value. They're my friends. I love doing things for them. I want to help them. I want to serve them. It doesn't feel like an obligation or a duty, but I don't always love doing things for people that aren't my friends. It's amazing how it shifts. See, here's what I think we've done in church is we have overemphasized obedience and underemphasized friendship. I want you to think about this for a second. We've overemphasized all the things we have to do for God and underemphasized that God wants to do wants us to do things with him. And what we have forgotten is that obedience flows from relationship. When relationship is intact, it's easy to do things for the other person that they value or that is important to them or that is on their heart. So in the seasons when it's hard to obey God, we have to stop and say, have I lost sight of the fact that I'm friends with him? Because friendship makes it easy to obey. And this is where the Israelites struggled. If you go to the next verse for me, the Israelites, when God's inviting them to this relationship with him, this friendship, it says, when the people saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain, he's inviting them to ascend. In smoke, they had trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. God's inviting them to ascend to a new place and the people stop and they basically say, you know what? They thought if they spent time with God, they would die, not realizing then when we're without God is when we actually die. And so they kept a distance. They wanted a mediator. They wanted someone in between God and them. They they rejected friendship and chose servanthood. And because they wanted to be servant and, and, and not friends, that's why they struggled with obedience. That's the whole journey. You read the Israelites. They never can do what God wants them to do. Why? Because they never saw him as a friend. They saw him as a distant taskmaster. And I think that's our problem. We are so familiar with the mountain of religion, but God's inviting us up the mountain of grace. We know how to live as servants. He's saying, I want you to learn to live as friends. This is why in Matthew chapter seven, Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my father who is in heaven. 
What's the Father's will? To discover Jesus and find friendship with God. He says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Catch it. He says, people are going to come to him and say, God, we did all these things for you. We prophesied and we drove out demons and we did miracles. We spent our life on the mountain of religion doing things for you. And he says, I don't care. I never knew you. I never wanted you to do things for me. I wanted you to come and do things with me. You see, while God knows everything about everyone, he doesn't actually know everyone. He knows everything about you. Hairs on your head when you wake up, when you go to sleep, what your destiny and what your calling is. But he doesn't know everything or he doesn't know everyone. Why? Because to be known means I have to take out my own heart and offer it to God. It means I have to literally pull myself out and say, God, I, I want you to know me and I want to know you. See, you can only be loved to the level you are known. You will never feel loved beyond the level you're known because you know there's junk back here and you're always afraid that if they find out, will they then leave me? And that's why God says, confess, bring your brokenness, bring your pain, bring the darkness in your heart, bring it to me and let me know you that you might know me. Are you with me on that? And when you've discovered Jesus, all of a sudden you're not afraid of bringing the junk out of the darkness into the light because you know his grace has already taken care of it. So now I can actually be a friend with God. And Jesus is so serious about this that it's not just lip service. He's given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. John 14 Jesus says, and I will ask the father and he will give you another savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. He says, the spirit of the living God's going to come into your life. He'll be your best friend. He'll be your guide, your counselor, your comforter, your encourager. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, the question is not, is God with us? It's, are we aware that he already is? And when you start to discover that the Holy Spirit is with you every place you go, you will start to go to new places with God. In fact, if you think about the Bible, the, one of the most often stated things all throughout the Bible is do not be afraid for I am with you. We hear that all the time. We put it on knickknacks. It's one of our favorite things to say when somebody's struggling. We say, don't be afraid. God's with you. Okay, but what does that actually mean? If you see God as a distant God somewhere way out there, how does that actually bring you comfort? Like, what does that actually do? Do you know what he's actually saying? He's saying, hey, don't be afraid. I'm your friend and I'm right here. He says, hey, I know your marriage is really struggling right now, but I'm your friend and I'm right here. He says, I know that storm feels like it's going to take you down, but I'm your friend and I'm right here. I know you think those finances are totally out of order and you're never going to make it, but I'm your friend and I'm right here. And when you start to realize that the God of the universe calls you friend and says he's with you, everything starts to change 
in Jesus' name. He's your friend, man. So if we want to ascend, we got to start to find friendship with God. And I share all those verses with you to kind of build your faith, to break down the barriers and the wall. But it's, but it's not just friendship with God. It's friendship with his people. Like if you look at anyone in the Bible that really ascended to a place with God, they, no one did it alone. You, you, no one climbs alone. If you could get something out of this today, it would, it would be that no one climbs alone. Moses had Joshua and Aaron and David had Jonathan and Elijah had Elijah. The disciples had each other. Paul had Timothy and Silas. The real question is, is who do you have? No one climbs alone. It's difficult. It's dangerous. It's discouraging. And one of the, the most important and yet underrated parts of our journey with Jesus is climbing with other followers of Jesus. For some reason, we think that applies to everyone else but us. We want to be like the free solo dude. We're like, I got it, man. You're like, you're weird and crazy. Like, who does that? No ropes, no people by yourself. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. Don't do it. But we want to do that spiritually. But no one climbs alone. This is why Hebrews 10 tells us, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. In other words, no one's going to do it by themselves. Listen, can I just tell you in my life, I wouldn't be to the altitude that I'm at in my walk with God if I did it alone. There are way too many times when I don't have faith, when I want to give up and I want to be reactive instead of intentional. And it's in those moments that I need a friend to say, hey, we're not stopping here. So get up, keep moving. I know it's a bad day. I know it's a bad season. I know you're discouraged, but come on, the summit awaits. We're going to keep moving. You are not stopping here. And that's how you get to new altitudes on your journey with Jesus, because you can't do it alone. When you find friendship with God, you'll start finding friendship with his people. And when you find friendship with his people, you'll start finding friendship with God. The question is, how? How? And when I've told you in this series, at the end of every one of these messages, I'm going to give you three really simple next steps that we hope everyone in our church at some point takes. That includes you. Every one of us, we hope, will take these next steps at some point in time. Because what these are is for people that are saying, I'm serious about going to a new place with God. He said, well, well, how does it work? It requires humility. You have to admit that you not only want, but that you need friendship with God and with his people. So three really simple steps real quick. You ready? Yeah. Oh, come on. You ready? Yeah. Okay. First one is this. Get in a group and join a team. You're like, I'm not ready anymore. I don't. I, in fact, I take my response back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it right back in there and say, you know what? Let's move on to the next point. What's the, I'm ready for the second one. What's the second one? Okay, pause. I get it. I get it. Before you blow this one off and you want to swipe to move on to the next thing on your feed and say, I, this one's not for me, it's for someone else in this room. Okay, can I just stop and just say, before you say no, what if you just asked God? Don't worry about what I have to say. Who really cares what I tell you what to do? Ask God. Hey, God, you got something for me in that? And I know some of you are like, hmm? nah, he doesn't got something for me in that ask him. You see, a group is just simply a group of people that get together to discover Jesus and find friendship. It's really all it is. 
And what we do at Valley Creek Groups is we take the weekend message, we turn it into a discussion guide by the end of today, and then groups meet all throughout the week, all different places, and they just talk about what we're learning about Jesus and move forward in their life. And then a team is simply a group of people that grow while serving others. They use their gifts and their talents and their ability. They come together as a team and they start growing with one another and, and finding friendship and making a difference in the world around them. And Matthew 18, 20, Jesus says about himself, he says, for where two or three come together in my name, there am I with them. He says there's something about a small group, a team, when this group of people get together in the name of Jesus, he says he shows up and reveals himself to them in that way that we can't discover in any other way. And so part of it is just saying, like, I, I don't even know that I want to do it, but I want to move forward and I want to take ground. And I don't know about you, but I want to I discover more of Jesus. I want to go in places where he says he's going to reveal himself to me. And sometimes it's in a group or on a team where you'll meet the greatest friends that you've ever had in your life. And if you tried it and it didn't work, try another one. Maybe that was the weird group or the bad team. <laughs> Don't build your theology on a couple of weird people. Like, come on, just move on and try again. You've got to find someone that you're able to say, we're going to the summit together in Jesus' name. And guess what? Go to the next verse for me. It says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up. It's humility to say, I don't like it. I don't even think I need it. I think I'm above it. I should lead that group. I should lead that team. Then great, lead the group and lead the team. We'd love for you to do that too. But here's the deal. It's humility. Humble yourself and he will lift you up. Humble yourself and say, God, I not only want this, and I actually don't want this, but I know I need this, so I'm going to humble myself, and then you're going to be the one that lifts me up. Yeah. See, I think a lot of us never find friendship with God because we don't allow friendship with his people to show us the way. We don't find friendship with God for years. And God tells us the way is finding friendship with his people. That's his way and his path. And I get it. Like, hear me, I get it. What all I'm trying to say is, if it's not a group or a team, then what's your plan? It doesn't have to be a group or a team, but just at least have a plan. Like, how are you gonna do it? Because no one gets to the summit alone. That's what Jesus tells us. So that's okay, have an alternative plan. But at least have a plan. Have a way and a path that aligns with the heart of God in Jesus' name. And maybe you're here and you're stuck on your journey because you keep trying to do it alone. And today's the day he says, come on, I got some good people that are going to help you find more of me. So try it. Get in a group, join a team. Second thing is simply go to second step. Second step is new. We've never done this before. We're rolling it out. It's now part of our growth track. First step, talked to you about last week. If you're new, that's where we want you to get started. But once you've gone to first step or you're all in at Valley Creek, second step is three classes where we're going to help you figure out how to have a relationship with God, how to engage the scriptures and how to talk and listen to God, how to hear his voice, who is the Holy Spirit, how to have a relationship with him. Don't see these classes as something to do or something that's irrelevant to you. See them as an investment into yourself and your relationship with God. Okay, so we, we hope everybody goes through second step. And then the last thing is simply this, express your worship. 
If you want to find friendship with God and go to a new place with him, express your worship. I know some of you are like, what on earth does that have to do with friendship? Everything. See if you can catch this. Think of any friendship in your life. The real friendships are generous with praise. Think of people that you're actually, like friends. I'm not talking acquaintances, friends. You're generous with praise back and forth. You sit there and tell each other how awesome you are. Do you not? You're amazing. You're so talented. You're so gifted. Oh, you look so beautiful today. Oh, you always show up when I need you. Oh, thank you for helping me out here. Oh, thank you for doing that for me. Oh, thanks for the card when I needed it the most. Come on. Any friendship you have in your life, it's generous with praise. It's, for, it's easy to have gratitude, honor, and love when you're actually friends with someone. It flows naturally. In fact, it's really awkward if it doesn't. Because all of a sudden you're like, are, are we acquaintances or are we friends? Because if we're friends, we're, we're going we're gonna to say like what we like about each other. So express your worship is not singing three songs. It's not, it's not religion. It's not coming to a church service. No, no, worship is simply saying, God, you're my friend and you're a great friend. And, and I love you and I'm thankful for you. And man, you showed up for me this week when I thought it was all going down. And, and man, you were there when I needed you the most in this situation. And God, you've been holding my family together when I thought it was going to come apart. And, and oh my goodness, God, you gave me the word that I needed this week. And you gave me a breakthrough in my job. God, God thanks for giving me friends at school and, and a good teacher. I mean, it's amazing how all of a sudden worship, when you think about it like this, is friendship. You're not coming in to sing songs. You're coming in to say, God, thanks for being a great friend. And if you don't feel like he's a friend, this is called faith of moving you up the mountain. You start worshiping to say, God, I don't feel like you're my friend, but you say that you are. So I want to start telling you the things I, I want to believe about you. The things that, the things that they tell me are, are true about you. I'm just going to try it and see if that starts to make my heart feel like it's real and it's here for me. Are you with me on that? Yeah. Okay. See, see if you can catch this because I think this is so cool. Psalm 120 says a song of ascent. Psalm 120 through Psalm 134, they all start the exact same way. 15 Psalms and they're called songs of ascent. Ascent, the series we're in. A song of ascent. And basically what they are is they're 15 worship songs, 15 psalms, 15 things that the people would sing on their way to meet with God. You see, what you have to understand is that Jerusalem was up on a hill and in Jerusalem was the temple, the presence of God. And the people were down in the valley and they would come up to meet with God, to engage his presence. And as they were going up this mountain to meet with God, they would sing the songs of ascent. They would worship, they would sing, they would, they would declare the praises of God as they were physically going up the mountain and it was taking their heart and their life up the mountain to a new place with him. A song of ascent means worship takes me to a new place with God. A song of ascent, worship will take you to a new place with God. Why? Because when there's a song in your heart and a song in your mouth and you're singing it and declaring it to the Lord, even when you don't feel like it, it takes you out of the valley and it starts to bring you up the mountain in Jesus' name. You need a song in your heart and a song in your mouth, especially when you don't feel like singing it. 
Because that's when you start to ascend out of darkness and into breakthrough in Jesus' name. Come on, you with me on that? I wish I could talk to you about that one thing all day long, but let me close it with this. All those next steps, they're not expectations to fulfill. They're discoveries to be made in Jesus' name. Okay, let me close it with this. Revelation chapter three, the resurrected Jesus says, behold, behold. The word behold means be amazed. Stand in awe and wonder. So be amazed and stand in awe and wonder of what? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens up the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. The resurrected Jesus says, behold, be amazed that I want to be your friend. Be amazed that I stand at the door of your heart and your life and I'm knocking. He's knocking. He's saying, hey, I want to be your friend. You want to be my friend? And even when we say no, and even when we let him in for a little while and then another friend shows up and we push Jesus out because we want to hang out with that friend, even when we go climb the mountains of the world, even when we get stuck and stop moving, even in all those places, he never stops knocking. Hey, I want to be your friend. And I've paved the way. I've done it all. All you got to do is open up the door and let me in. Behold, you can have friendship with God and with his people in a world that doesn't even know what friendship really is. So you close your eyes with me. Come on, what do, you, what do you think the Holy Spirit is saying to you today? Whatever campus you're at, whatever seat you're sitting in, like, like right now, like in this moment, you. What's he saying to you? What's he stirring in your heart and in your mind? I think for a lot of us, he's saying, you, you don't have to do things for me. I want you to do things with me. And maybe there's been a big distance between you and God for a long time. In Jesus' name, today's the day it stops. He's already taken care of it all. He's brought you to God. Let his grace give you the faith to ascend, to take a next step, to move to a new place in Jesus' name. And all we have to do is respond by faith. You see, remember being a kid and and a friend would come and knock at the door and your mom would say, hey, your friend's at the door. Today, I'm just being like your mom. And I'm saying, hey, your friend's at the door. He's knocking. And he wants to take you to someplace amazing. So why don't you go in play with him. No one goes out the front door to go do things for their friend. They go out the front door to go and be with their friend. 
Jesus, thank you that today is the day that we can find friendship with you and friendship with your people. Thank you that out of the billions of people on this earth, you call us friends. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.